This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here's your host, Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Together. If this is your first time listening, our podcast is uh, dedicated to all things marriages. So we have a couple of key things that we try to focus on. A, uh, interviewing couples and trying to hear their stories and trying to learn from their stories. And then also listening to different professionals and uh, their expertise about marriage. And today we have somebody who's been on the podcast before, one of our favorites, Matt DeHogue. And Matt and I had a great conversation about personality differences in marriage. A key thing in almost all marriages is that uh, you end up marrying your Opposite. And so one of the things Matt and I do is we discuss this from the context of the DISC personality assessment. And so we hope you enjoy this episode. So Matt DeHogue, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Kelly. Glad to be here with you. Uh, so you were on the podcast this past, like a year ago almost? Yeah, yeah, like into uh, the summer last year. So yeah. And we were talking a little bit about sexual issues with men, correct? Yeah, and and connection, a little bit of trauma uh, with couples, what that mm-hmm. looks like in counseling. Yeah. Cool. So mm-hmm. just uh, if people haven't listened to that episode, like who are you? Like what yeah. do you do? What do I do? Family? Yes. Yeah. So I uh, am co-vocational. I've used that. That's a new word for me, but I am a counselor. I'm a licensed therapist that I work with uh, mostly men and couples and I do premarital counseling. I'm working through anxiety, depression and um, life transition issues and I'm on Young Life staff. So Young Life is a nonprofit organization where we introduce adolescents to Christ and help them grow in their faith. And I support Young Life Ministry in Kent County. And I've been doing that since I graduated from Calvin University a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and my wife, Molly, is a therapist as well. Uh-oh. And so- Your kids are like messed up they're probably. Gonna, <laughs> they're going to be, it's going to be awesome or a train wreck. So there you uh, go. they've been great- so so far, I have a eight, six, and four-year-olds. They're all girls. Um, we live in Forest Hills, and uh, it's pretty cool being a girl dad. That's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, as you know, I only have two boys, so that is that is an experience that is alien to me. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully one day I'll have a bunch of granddaughters. Yeah. They're so awesome. So you, uh, one of the things I love, so you and I are friends. We've been yep. friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that's really been fun for me to watch from a distance is you are really into mountain biking. I like mountain biking. Yeah. This was a COVID freak out. COVID hit and the gym closed and I was going to MVP and I thought, where am I going to go now? What am I going to do? And I hooked up with a buddy that said, hey, come mountain biking with me. It's the trifecta of 
mental success. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's social. You can do this with me at a distance at the time because we were in COVID. Um, It's in nature, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you get to work your body. It's exercise. And so um, I got in mountain biking. My first race I did with some buddies was six miles on a fat bike in the snow. That was January, 2021. And then I did a 61-mile race this past September in the UP called the Margie Gessick. And so we really, I accelerated into over my head uh, <laughs> and into a lot of fun with friends to share the sport and activity. And so um, we have some amazing trails around Grand Rapids and mm-hmm. it's great, great community thing with, with me and my buddies. That's so cool. Yeah. So today, and I want to get your feedback on this, uh, we're going to talk about personality differences in marriage. It's a common thing. Yeah. Almost all marriages, it's uncanny. Uh, almost all marriages, uh, people marry somebody they're opposite in personality. Mm-hmm. So an extrovert will marry an introvert. A saver will marry a spender. You know, you, we could just go on and on. Yeah. Analytical versus a creative. Uh, what are your thoughts on that initially? Because we're going to look at this from the lens of the DISC personality assessment. Mm-hmm. So uh, just initially, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. You know, in some ways, it, it makes sense that we are attracted to things that are different than us. And we say, oh, man, this this person's a little different. Uh, and I see that as a therapist. Um, I even see it in friendships where your best friend is probably a little different than you, a little differently wired. And I for sure see it in marriage that most couples um, have a difference. And I think as believers, we would say, yeah, that makes sense. If we're becoming one and God's part of it, then we would complement each other in some ways. We would be different. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me, as you talk in that way, Matt, it makes me think of the verse uh, about marriage and the two shall become one, right? Mm -hmm. So you're taking a person who's really strong in one area and, and yet their spouse is weak in another area and you hope over time as you stay married and you learn from one another and grow closer together you actually one of the cool things is you become more like your spouse yes uh now in a way uh who you are uh innate in your personality that's wired into you you you'd like that's automatic almost Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's kind of a cool dynamic so To kind of begin, I want to just take people, you know, I think one of the things, some people might be like, yeah, I don't know about these personality assessments. And the DISC has a really unique uh, history to it. And uh, it goes all the way back to the early 1900s. And there's kind of a funny story uh, that involves Sigmund Freud. Do you remember me telling you this story? I do. Please tell it. Yeah, it's a funny story. So... Way back early in the the early 1900s, psychology is a brand new field, like brand spanking new. We hadn't even really thought about it. And uh, the place you wanted to study back then was Harvard. And it was pretty much the only place to study. And you would go get a doctorate in psychology. And back then at Harvard, the main person you would study who was living was Sigmund Freud. And there's another guy who I think ironically is maybe the most influential psychologist of the 21st century, but most people don't know his name. And his name is Gordon Allport. And Mm. Gordon grew up 
Uh, number one, he was a Christian, which that was a unique dynamic back then for a Christian to study psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up on a farm in Indiana, and him and his brother both went to Harvard. And after you graduated from Harvard, the big thing to do was to go meet Freud. And I won't go into all the details, but uh, Gordon had a very bad experience with Freud. Mm. And even to the point, at that point, he said, I'm not following in this direction. I want to come up with something new. Mm. And he just didn't believe in what he had been studying all those years. And this is the thing he came up with that is so fascinating to me that no one really had thought about this before Gordon Allport. Mm. And this was the thing. He is the person who came up with the idea that we have unique personalities. So he is the father of personality psychology. That's kind of the technical term. Mm. And um, and so with that, that was then the begin the beginning of the study of how we are all wired uniquely. And then we fast forward to the 1950s, and there's this guy named William Moulton Marston. Uh, don't try to say that his name 17 right. times quickly. It's a mouthful. Yes. And William is the guy who came up with the very first DISC personality assessment. Now, it had been revised in ensuing years, but another funny fact about William is he invented the lie detector test, mm. and he also created the comic Wonder Woman. Wow. Renaissance man. Lots of skills. Lots of yeah. skills. Lots of skills. So that's the beginning. That's a little bit of the history of the DISC. So now we talk about why. Why, why would we want to take this? Uh, first, it's the oldest and most researched personality assessment. Mm-hmm. It's basically the first one. Uh, it's very strong in reliability and validity scores, even across cultures. And here's the most important part for listeners to think about. It's an excellent predictor of behavior, mm-hmm. how you behave as a person. So um, to kind of continue the conversation, Matt, how has the DISC been impactful in your life? Yeah. Professionally and personally. Yeah. So this was a, this was right after college. Um, I was actually going to counseling and my counselor uh, started writing on his tell he was doing a sketch and um, I'm like, Oh, what are you, what are you sketching out? And he slid a paper to me and he said, uh, Matt, it's important you understand this. This is the disc assessment. This is the disc and these are the different personality styles. And he started talking about personally with me, how I'm wired, uh, how he was experiencing me and my personality as a, um, I D, which we'll get into more what those mean later, but, uh, it unlocks some things for me. It unlocked. It's like, oh man, like I this I have new language. I have new ways to think about some of my strengths in my personality, and also identify some of the weaknesses that say, oh, I really want to grow in that. Um, and I got interested in it. I saw it work in my life. Actually, how I could care and love people that are different than me, and not just expect people to be like me, but to really look at them and say, oh man, they this is language on how do I, how can I better relate as well um, to people that are not like me and appreciate those things. So, so it came out of that. It came out of actually me being in counseling. And then I went to grad school, got my master's in clinical psychology, and I saw, started seeing clients and I thought, um, 
there most people have have some awareness, but most people would say they're probably lower on awareness spectrum of themselves and others. And so I started using it as a tool to say, hey, how can how can they be more aware of their personality style? And that gives them then tools to understand themselves and then go out and better connect and care for others. And specifically in uh, marriage counseling, I remember I had a couple that was so frustrated with each other and um, it was around pace. Mm. It was like my my husband, he just makes decisions and well, comes in flying in saying, hey, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. And I just need to sit and think about things. And And then the husband says, yeah, well, you're so slow. Like I can't believe it takes you this long to make decisions and um, I'm giving you all the options and you you kind of just sit on your hands and and then I started sharing the disc with them and they're like oh man this is actually this is awesome because the husband just by himself was making decisions that he hadn't thought through fully and his wife actually can help him think about all the things that could go wrong which he's not thinking about mm-hmm and vice versa, she starts with a point where she's always thinking about what could go wrong. And he actually helps encourage her along the way to move on one of the good options. And so it a weakness that they saw in each other and frustration actually turned into a strength. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, as you were talking, uh, Matt, you know, as counselors, uh, we have a myriad of tools when we, when we help people. Like, you know, probably 30 to 50 tools, um, maybe even more than that. But I would have to say this, and I think you've experienced the same. Whenever I have shared the disc with people or Mm -hmm. couples, they light up. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, for those who've never really heard about it or, or have never really even thought about, I have a unique personality. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of people don't even realize that, that they have an innate, unique personality and yes. how God wired them. And so, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this episode and you're a counselor and you don't know about the disc, I would highly recommend you do a deep dive on it. Because for me, it might be the number one or number two tool that when I share it with people, it can create r- tons of insight and then slowly but surely lots of change. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I, I had a couple say to me after using the disc with them, they said, it's like the the windshield of our car. We're both driving down the road, but the windshield of our car uh, had a bunch of mud on it. And there was also like a divider between us Mm. and everything was kind of muffled and we couldn't really see where we were going. And then when we understood the disc, the divider came down and we were able to communicate more clearly. And we could also start to see better where we're going as a couple in, in that we're both using these personality styles together to do more good in this world and more impact. So yeah, it's a, it's, it can be kind of a light bulb moment or aha moment um, for couples to have way more clarity between each other and where they're going. Well, and again, I think too, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not married, this is super profitable. Mm. If you are single, uh, in, fa- in fact, one of the ways Matt, that I use it. I love working with single people using mm-hmm. the disc because when you give it to them, you can literally tell them, okay, this is the person you want to marry. 
yes. the type of person. And, uh, and so in that way, it can be really helpful. And then once you do that, once you learn it, this is where it can really go into second or third gear for you. And that is once you learn it, when you're with people, mm-hmm. you slowly but surely learn who they are and it'll help you better connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we, it, it, it is almost like when we're with people, uh, we have like a cheat sheet. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's to, a great, great word for it. To, to better uh, quickly learn who they are, learn some of their tendencies. It's, it's definitely not saying I want to put everybody in a box. That's not what we're doing here. It's definitely more of a exploration and each personality style in the disc has cues that you can start to, even by their mannerisms or, um, the way that they move their body when they're talking or there's that you can tell, Oh, they might, they might have some of these personality tendencies. So this is tendencies. So this is how I can connect with them best. So it's really, it's really about how can I care and serve and connect in a way that I might not be able to, if I don't know this, um, this framework. Yeah. So before we do a deep dive into it, uh, I have two questions for you. Um, uh, the first one would be a lot of people have heard of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you characterize the differences between the Enneagram and the disc? Yeah. I mean, in some ways they're similar because I th- the Enneagram gives you information and um, around who that person is. And there's, I, I like some parts of the Enneagram, health and unhealth, where you go in stress, where you go when you're relaxed. Um there's nine different types. And I think where the disc is strong, the Enneagram is weak. And the disc is strong in understanding specifically how you're going to relate behaviorally with people. The Enneagram's strong in saying, where, how are they motivated? What is their goal? Like, what are they driven by? Like some of the more core things, which is excellent, but there's some lacking in knowing, okay, when I meet a person um, and I'm getting to know them, how do I best connect it behaviorally and how our personalities mesh? And so I love the disc with teamwork. Um, I use the disc in young life. Uh, I think it works really well and is really simple for someone that, you know, knows nothing about the disc to even after our podcast say, I could use this where I think the Enneagram is a little bit more complex and would be a little harder to then go and use in a team or in marriage. Gotcha. Uh, how about, uh, how do people take it? Yeah. So there's lots of, there's lots of ways there's, um, you can Google disc and you can, there's a lot of free assessments. Um, I'm certified with TTI, the company that gives lots of different types of disc assessments. And so you could go to TTI um, and there's a more comprehensive version than just a free one. Um, so it's, it's an online assessment. And after this podcast, you might say, oh, I know what I am, right? I might have some more insight in, in how my, what my personality wiring is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one uh, little, uh, kind of tidbit of info there is when you are taking it, one of the things that I have found really helpful is, especially if you're wanting to take it in terms of the context of marriage, 
I'll give you one example. I am kind of a different person at work than I am at home. Mm. Yes. So if I were taking the disc for work, it maybe would come out a little bit differently from when I'm at home. And so I'd really encourage you, like when you're taking it, like who are you in your family context? Who are you with your spouse? And that will kind of drive up or drive out, you know, the real, the kind of the real you. Yeah, that's great. And some of the, even the TTI version of the assessment has a natural and adapted chart. So natural is how you are at your house and with your family. Adapted is how you're adapting in work. And um, so some of these more advanced assessments can can show how much you're adapting, which can be helpful for you. Because when you, uh, when you see that, you can understand, oh, what, why, why am I doing that in my job? And is that bringing me energy life or is that draining? Yeah, that's really good. And yeah. again, you bring up a great point, Matt, and that is uh, the disc is really helpful in marriage context. Mm-hmm. It's really good in terms of parenting mm-hmm. and it's really, really good in terms of a work context. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to jump in. Should yeah, do let's this, do it. Kelly? Okay. Yeah, let's jump in. Let's talk about what they are and go through them. I love it. Um, So there's four types uh, that we're going to be talking about. And this is the D, the I, the S, and the C. And um, I'm going to also integrate some biblical examples. And like we talk about even the life of Jesus, people ask me, okay, Matt, what was Jesus? (laughs) And um, he was all of them. Mm. Like he embodied all of them. So what's unique about Jesus is as we follow Jesus, Jesus can relate and we can relate to Jesus in how we were created, which is awesome. So um, we are going to start with a D, which uh, represents dynamic demanding, driving, can be dramatic style. Um, Ds ask a question all the time by the way they their personality uh, manifests. And the Ds asking, what is the bottom line? What are we, what are we going for? Uh, I don't want all the details or I just want to know exactly what the goal is. And so um, the D is kind of a go-getter personality. They, they love projects. They love challenges. They want opportunity and space to kind of create. They have a drive. Um, they also, you can tell a D because they, their anger shows up. So every, every style has an emotion that also represents a style. So if you see somebody that comes in, um, and is extroverted, a D is extroverted, um, and they're task oriented. So every type has introverted, extroverted and task or people orientation. And if, so if you see someone coming in with a task orientation, project orientation, um, still extroverted, but a driver, they most likely have a stronger D personality style. So, um, the way it shows up in the Bible is Paul, Paul was a high D. Yeah, definitely. Paul was a, a very high D. Yeah, he he um, was persecuting Christians very well, and then he uh, started following Jesus. And man, even when he was locked up in the jail, he was like, "We are going to keep going as a church, mm-hmm. and I'm going to motivate. I'm going to see all these churches I'm writing letters to as projects." Projects, another keep, keep that word in mind. Yeah. Um, and we're going to keep going in the right direction. And um, so that was, 
And, and even, you know, Jesus in, in John chapter two, like um, he sat down and he braided a whip and that is like uh, when, when you think about the emotion he was feeling, the anger of what is everybody doing in my father's house? This is when he gets angry about the temple, right? Yes. When he's in the temple, he's like, what are people doing here? He got angry. He got angry. And he yeah. did something. And he did something. He drove them out. Yeah. Get out of here. So um, yeah, he was, Jesus wasn't out of control. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that the D doesn't, not as someone that's out of control, angry, but anger is an emotion that is okay. It can be okay directed in the, in the right way. We think about injustices in this world and um, some lament and grieving. It's good to have anger and the D can quickly access that anger. And Matt, on that note, question for you, uh, is there a dark side to each of these qualities? There is. Yeah, there is. You know, the the D can also be someone that um, is a bulldozer. And so on someone that's maybe not un, un understanding that quality that can be used for good and uh, more of like driving good things forward, they can, because they're task oriented and not necessarily people oriented, they can bulldoze people and bulldoze sometimes not wait long enough to hear someone's opinion. Um, the example I gave the couple earlier in the podcast, the the husband who was a D and didn't want to wait for his wife, mm-hmm. uh, there can be dynamics of pace like a D. If someone has a slower pace with couple other styles have slower paces. Um, people can feel unheard and not valued by D's that are in an unhealthy place or unaware of their style. Yeah, I have a funny moment in my own life. I have a very close friend named Randy and he's a very high S, mm. which we'll get into, but the S is the opposite of the D. Yes. Uh, a word for, a word for an S person would be slow. They do things slowly. And he and I were working on a, a fort for my two sons when they were little. And uh, I wanted to just get it done. Let's Aunt Randy, come on, let's just cut this thing. And he was wanting to measure uh, that cut about eight different times. <laughs> yes. And so it was just a perfect example of a D and an S, like there are two personalities coming out and clashing. Yes, that's right. And and that's a good example, Kelly, because it, it could clash or doing that extra cut could be Great. You're like, oh man, I'm glad I had someone that said, hey, we should do an extra cut. Bingo. Yeah. So really also, Matt, what I hear you saying is a D person is kind of like a type A personality. Yeah. Yep. They're type A. Um, They know what they want. They, again, will think about more in task. Like they're thinking, all right, even sometimes they see people in task. Like they think, okay, I got to, I, I, this best friend, he's great. He's in my life. We got to put four golfing trips down and we're going to schedule them now this year. And he's calling a buddy who maybe is an S and he's like, why do we have to do all this now? He's like, we got to get on the calendar. I care about you, you know, and the driving force uh, between sometimes by the is just saying, I want, I know I value this person. And I'm just going to hammer this task down because it's driving me nuts that we haven't, we don't have four golfing weekends down. Yeah. D's yeah. are passionate. And you, I, I'm a D mm-hmm. and you, you're an ID. I'm an ID. Yeah. Okay. So I'm higher an I, uh-huh. but I definitely have some D. Yeah. You yep. and I are very, very similar. I'm higher a little bit in D than I. So I'm a D I. Yeah. So how about that I? What, what's yeah. the I all about? 
man, the eye is like the star, the uh, social butterfly, the extrovert. They have a stronger people orientation than D's. So D's an extrovert with task orientation. I's a as an extrovert with people orientation. So um, they love to inspire. They love the variety of interaction. They um, are have a variety of hobbies or things that interest them. They, a lot of times, will have such a strong people orientation that they um, are late to things because they'll be having a conversation and into it and interested and then they'll lose track of time and then they'll, oh crap, I got to go, you know, and then they'll go to the next thing and they'll, sorry, I'm late. You know, I was talking to my buddy and, ah, oh, he, you know, we were, we were just talking about our day and I, I lost track of time. So if you have friends like that, they most likely are an eye when they get wrapped up into people. Um, they also have, eyes have a high trust in people. So when you, when I interacts with a um, person, usually they'll start with trust. So they meet a new person and like, I have a, I have a friend that's a high eye, probably higher than me. And he's like, he's like, strangers are just best friends I haven't met yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So that, and that is their primary um, orientation, even with emotion is just trusting and they see the good in people. Um, they also love to have fun and keep things light. And so the, the D who probably is more type A and more serious. The I is a little bit um, more type B and more relaxed and go with the flow. Like it's going to be all right. Um, they are, they are like, where is the fun at and who's all going to be there? Yeah, definitely. I uh, loved what you did with uh, the D and Paul. So yeah. in the Bible, because uh, I've never explored this yeah. like you have, uh, who's the I? So the I is, is Peter. Um mm. Yeah, I mean, he, the way that uh, he's kind of, he's the oldest and kind of the leader, but more in like a, he, he love, I think when I picture Peter, I picture like he's always joking around, talking with the other disciples that are younger than him. He's like, oh, he's like um, hot and cold. That's, that's the eye too. Like you think about Peter and his yo yo with Jesus and how he's so, no, I, you know, I, I'm all in Jesus. And then, you know, People go to him and say, do you know him? And he's like, not, you know, and um, the eyes have some of that hot and cold. They have like a burnout tendency. Mm. So they'll go all in on something and then they'll kind of get burnt out and then they'll kind of back away. So sometimes that's the shadow side of an eye is they'll commit to a lot of things and then not have the capacity to follow through. And so the project, going back to the D, the project orientation, the bottom line drive, um, they have a, they don't have that as much. They have uh, the potential. They think about potential a lot. They think about what could be, but they can lack follow through in landing the plane on things. And so that I would say Peter's probably the most like that. Yeah, I can see that. So let's move on. What's who's the S? Yeah. Um, so the S is my wife. Oh, that's uh, my, Molly. The S is my wife. Yes. Matt. She's a very my, Julie is a very high S. Okay. Yeah, Molly is as well. Um Molly is uh just steady, stable, a servant. Uh they are looking into this world for security. So um they want to know one of their main questions is how do you want this done? They're looking for direction. They're looking they're looking outside themselves 
and making sure that, okay, am, am I doing the right thing? Because I want to, I want to serve, I want to, I want to connect. They, S's um, are introverted, and but still people oriented. So they're the glue on a team. A lot of times with S's, you won't notice them. They're not a shining star like an I is, but they, if they leave a team, you're like, whoa, where are they? they we, we miss them. The, the little things that were done stop being done and no one knew who did them, but it was that person. <laughs> and then they got replaced with an eye. Yeah. They got replaced with the eye and the eyes just having fun and it yeah. doesn't see the small task and isn't, isn't thinking about, Oh yeah. Okay. How do we, how am I serving people? And, um, and so the way you can tell an ass is that they uh, have a flat affect a lot mm-hmm. of times on their face. Mm-hmm. So you look at them and their ups and downs, they don't show a lot of mm. times, but they have some of the, the deepest emotional well of all types because um, they're, they're thinking about people on a deeper level. And so an S, even though maybe you look at an I and an I, you can tell because they're using their hands when they talk and they're very expressive. An S will be less expressive, but they're really taking everything in and they're making sure that the group has what they need. So that's a, it's a, it's an, I would say an ass on a team is the most overlooked, but important type. You Absolutely. need it. You need it. Absolutely. Um, a way you can, you can love an ass. Uh, an ass loves when you pull them over to the side and say, I, no one else saw you do this, but I saw you do this. And it meant a lot to me. I appreciate you. That's like love language. Don't put them on stage. Don't bring them up and say, look, you know, look at what Susie did or look at what John did. No, like quietly pick out the thing that you, you're like, you, no one saw this, but you did it. And I appreciate that. And that means so much to them. Um, John the Baptist was an S, strong S. You know, John, I think about the verse John 3.30, where he's like, I must become less mm-hmm. Jesus so that Jesus could become more. And um, he's, he was making a way and he said, this is, it's not about me. Right. And so uh, that, that shows up. And then Jesus, when he's, when he's welcoming the little children in Matthew 19, it's like, come to me. It's like, I'm accessible. Um, when he's washing the disciples feet, he's serving, he's caring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I love us people. And, yeah. uh, and I'm, and I married one, Julie is off the charts on S and, uh, and, and again, I think S people really compliment D people. They do. And so one of the ways that you can think of it when we were, when Matt and I were talking about the D person, the S person is the polar opposite of that. Yes. So just one area, D's are very, very decisive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can make decisions very easily, but S's, uh, are much more indecisive. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're indecisive uh, because they want to make sure it's not just about them. It's about, okay, well, what do you want? You know, an S, if you say, where do you want to go to dinner? They say, I don't know. What do you want to do? All the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah. So it's, it is a blessing to be married to an S for sure. Um, yeah, we have, okay. We have one more, one more. Yeah. The C, the C. So the C is uh, introverted and task oriented. So they, um, are conscientious. They really care about correct answers. They're consistent. They have 
in in the world they have like an eye um, for the questions nobody's asking and. They're like the they're like the safety people too. Like if there's risk, they're asking questions about have we thought this through? Have we thought about when everything goes bad, what happens? And so um, this style, like the DNS are opposites. This style is the opposite of the I. And so as the I kind of is free flowing and we'll figure it out. And as long as everybody's involved, the C is way more to themselves, more introverted, and more. Uh, critical, um, more of a, a, less of a risk taker. They're very adverse to risk unless they have all the answers. Um, the question they ask that drives everything is why are we doing this? <laughs> are you sure we want to do this? <laughs> uh, they have, they have some fear. Um, they have their, some of their primary emotion is fear that they're like, Oh, okay. What? Yeah. How is this going to turn out? They have some anxiety. Um, they really, really uh, are a great teammate as well, though. And and someone that if you're on a team, you're going to have to call on them and say they're not necessarily going to butt in but you, because they're more introverted. But you're going to have to call on them and say, hey, you haven't said anything. I want you to share your hesitations or what are we missing? That's a good question for a C. And even in marriage, if you're married to a C, to say, Okay, this is what I'm thinking about. Um, uh, this is where I think we could go. What? Show me. Tell me the questions because I know you have good questions, and it brings a richness to any plan because it's more thought out. It brings a richness to conversation because you're not just getting nodding heads. You're getting oh, we haven't thought about that. Let's all talk about that. And so um, the the person in the Bible that embodies this is Thomas. Mm. Yeah. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, Thomas was like, I want to, yeah. You know, where, where are the holes? Where? So me, Jesus yeah. dies. Jesus dies. Raises from the dead. Raises from the dead. But Thomas, Thomas doesn't so believe sure. it. Thomas isn't so sure. And he wants evidence. Yeah. Evidence. Yeah. Asking the questions. I'm not just going to, because you told me it happened, I'm not going to believe it. I need to see it. I've never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Thomas yeah. is a C. Thomas is a C. Probably on some level. Yes. Yeah. And, and Jesus embodied C qualities, you know, um, when Lazarus died, Martha came to him and had questions and Jesus was patient with those questions. Jesus also um, was a C when, when he was, when he knew someone needed to, to be with, like he needed to be with somebody, um, he would, or they had questions. He wouldn't always give them the specific answer, but he would, he'd ask them a question that would provoke what they needed in a way that's like, um, I don't need to just say the quick answer, but I want to draw more out, which is totally a C quality. They're going to, you might ask them a question and they say, well, before I tell you that I need to know, I want to ask you this. Mm. And so you'd see Jesus do that. He, someone would ask him a question and he would ask a question. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You see that multiple times. So let's, segue now to talk about how all of these dynamics impact a marriage. Yeah. Um, and when when we're talking about a marriage context, you can also relate these to a relationship you have with your son or daughter. Yeah. Or a relationship you have with a coworker or your boss. Yeah. Or a friend. 
Yeah. And, uh, but like, how does this, so again, as we started the podcast mm-hmm. and again, this, you see it in real time. Yep. So over the years, I've given the disc formally or informally to at least 500 couples. Mm. And uh, with first marriages, I would say 80%, close to 80%, there um, is significant opposite within mm-hmm. the relationship. Uh, even to the point, I don't know about m- if Molly follows this, but I'm a DI. Mm-hmm. Julie is an SC. Mm-hmm. Like we are polar, polar opposite in our personalities, mm-hmm. even to the point I'm in a, I'm very, very high in my D and she is very, very high in her S. Yeah. So polar, polar, polar opposite. Mm-hmm. And again, this is most couples when they get married. So mm-hmm. continue that conversation with me. Yeah. Yeah. So Molly is, that is true for Molly too. Molly is a SC um, with some I and no D. She has no D at all. And I'm an ID with a little S and I have a very low C. And so for sure, I I would say most of the time they're couples that, um, again, like we talked about, have, have a desire, a, I think a desire that was put in them to connect and relate to something that would complement and like two becoming one um, to, and I would say this too. It also makes sense if we think about community because we're designed for community. So a couple, a couple who aren't all the same type would have the better, better ability to relate to different people and love different people and care for them. Um, I do have, I do have a couple right now that I'm doing premarital counseling with. I told them that I would talk on the podcast about them. They, they, they're, they're, they are the same type. Oh, so they're if you, the same they're type. They're the same type. So I'd say that too. If you're, if you do the disc with your wife or husband and you both have the same type, know that I have seen that happen. That's not a red flag. Um, but it does probably mean that you both need to think about and press into the different types. So like Kelly said, you know, for him, he is growing a little bit more like his wife as he's been married to her and she's been growing a little bit more like him. Um, so as a couple, if you're, if you are similar, it might mean say, how are we both growing into things, personality styles that we might not, we're not comfortable with because that's not how we're wired. Let's use them as an example. What are they, what are they similar in? Yeah. So they're both SCs. Okay, they're both that. So they're, they're both SCs. They're similar, similar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they they're are. both SCs. They're both SCs. They're both SCs. So they're they have slower pace. They are analytical question askers. Um, they are uh, they're they are people that love people. I think they probably they have more S right than the C, but they have thought about like, okay, what is community going to look like for us? Because in some way S and C types, they're both introverted. So, so naturally connecting with new people and new couples is going to be potentially more of a challenge for them. And so um, thankfully they're really connected at A to Bible. They know that about themselves and they put themselves out there at A to Bible and have connected with a small group. And, um, so I, I complimented them. I said, you all are already pressing into some things that are uncomfortable as a couple. So what you're so, so as a couple, they're missing out on the D and the I qualities. Yes. Those yes. qualities are not natural to them. Mm-hmm. So they, as you're saying, they have to push into them. Uh, what are, what, 
what's maybe a way they can do that? You, you mentioned the small group. What, yeah. what, what's some other ways maybe they can do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I think it, for the I, I'll take the I first. For the I, it is saying, how do we go with the flow? How are we, um, even at, even like after church, like we're going to talk about this at, at our last sessions coming up of how do you initiate with people and um, your facial expressions, you work on being warm. You, you work on what does your face say? Because naturally you, they both are internally, but they both, because they're S's, have more, uh, have less um, facial expressions in conversation. So just practicing, what do you, how do you smile? How do you, how do you laugh a little bit? How are you engaging them with your body? That's really great. Yeah. So, so that's the I. And then, and then the D would be, there's going to be situations in their marriage that they will need to move quicker than they want to move. And um, so even having a, having a mentor couple uh, or having some friends that would help bring that out in them that have a, a higher D so that they can lean into that too of like, yeah, some, sometimes we can't just stay in the planning or the what ifs or the questions we don't, we might get to 90% sure of something and then we need to go. We need to do it. Yeah, that's so good. One of the things I tell couples who are similar in an area is, again, most likely your best friend is your opposite. Yep. So what you want to do is you really kind of want to watch them and model their behavior. Yeah, that's and, great. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I want to uh, kind of begin to wrap things up because mm-hmm. uh, this is where I mentioned it earlier, Matt, where I found it so helpful and I'm curious to get your perspective. I, fu- I have found that uh, for single people, all single people out there, go take the disc. Yeah. Uh, it has been so helpful for all of the single people that I've given it to, even to the point when I look back on my own dating life, mm. I don't know if this you did this. But uh, when I was dating some of the women that I was dating, I was actually dating similars. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was dating high. I was, I gravitated towards very high I women Mm. and those relationships were really passionate at the Mm -hmm. start. Uh, but there were two elements that, uh, always happened. A, uh, they uh, were a little bit chaos because mm-hmm. we were both eyes. And secondly, uh, in each of those relationships, they fizzled mm-hmm. uh, because on some level, one of us just got so frustrated with the other. And ironically, we got frustrated about the thing where we were like that. Yes, that's right. Talk to me about that and maybe how the disc can be important for single people. Yeah, yeah. It- I mean, what you're saying, Kelly, is so true that you absolutely should be like understanding where you're at with your personality style and then say, okay, how do, how do I pick somebody that, and I think it's the I type that this goes, (laughs) this goes sideways the most because eyes love to have fun and they love a lot of people and they'll naturally probably first look at other people that are having fun and they're like, oh man, this can be a lot of fun. Like, let's hang out. Like, you know, I had a lot of like even just dating relationships that I'd go two, three dates. They were so great. But then I'd be like, yeah, but I, I want something that's more consistent. You know, I want something that's more steady, more, uh, I'm the one that's a little up and down. I need somebody that is more of an anchor. And I think, you know, when I met my wife, Molly, I saw that. 
in her. And that was so, I was like, oh man, like in some ways I, I that was after I've done the disc work. And, um, and so I recognized that I'm like, oh, Molly's a high S and she will be consistent and steady. And that's what I need in my life in a, in a mate and a partner. Yeah. I, I have a really funny story. I, I was counseling somebody or I was having conversations with somebody and she is a very, very high eye. One of the highest eye people I've ever met in my mm. life. And, uh, uh, she had had a lot of frustrations in dating and I had a meeting with her one time and I, we'll, we'll call her Linda. I said, Linda, you keep on dating the, the guy who wants to be the worship leader. Uh, <laughs> the worship leader guy is basically you. Yeah. You want to date the bass player. Yeah. And the guy in the background who, uh, you know, is just in the background. Yeah. And the irony was a couple of years, a couple of years went by. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I saw her at a gathering and she came up to me and she's like, Kelly, thank you so much. I ended up marrying the bass player. That's great. And, uh, the, you know, they're happily married today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah, exactly if you're not, that's where awareness in yourself is so important so that you can say, oh yeah, what, who am I looking for? And that is probably going to be a little different than who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And even to that point, uh, when I am working with single people, you know, dating already to begin with is challenging, Very. you know? And, uh, and so I think one of the cool things about taking the disc and, and again, it's, it's a, the disc is a blend of an art and a science. Mm -hmm. It's not all science and it's not all art. And so, but uh, the disc can be really helpful for you to narrow down, like, who should I be with? Who, who is going to compliment me well mm. and be a great partner for the rest of my life? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to end Kelly with just a couple tells for Let's each. Let's do it. Each I love type. It. So for those of you out there that are like, all right, how do I start to recognize each type, even when you just meet somebody. So let's start with D, the extrovert task-oriented person. The D, um, they move quickly. And so if you see someone, even with the way they walk, they're getting things done. And so if you see somebody fast-paced and maybe even um, the way they ask questions, you notice that it is about what's going on. It's shorter, it's focused, and they have some like intensity with them. You'll feel their intensity. They're most likely a D. Mm -hmm, definitely. Okay? So that's the D. The I, uh, if you meet an I, they most likely will be talking with their hands. Or you can't shut them up. Or you can't shut them up. They will keep talking, right? And so um, if they're moving their hands at all and they're talking way too much, they're probably an I. Yep, totally. The S is we've talked about this, but the flat effect. So you look at their face and you say funny things. There's a maybe something hard that someone shares and their facial expressions are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. They're most likely an S. And then um, a C, you will notice a critical eye, like their eyebrows will kind of tense and they might not be saying anything, but you can tell on their face, they're worried. And, and, uh, they're most, if, especially if they're not saying anything, if they're a D and they're work, like they're task oriented and they're going to tell you what they think. 
a C might not. They might just look worried for a while. There you go. Yeah. So those are the those are the tells if you're meeting somebody and trying to figure out, oh, where how can I meet them where they're at? Matt, this has been so helpful. And again, this is uh, there's a lot of great books out there. We'll post uh, one or two in the show notes. And uh, you know, I, I this is just such an important area to explore for people yes. and for couples. And I think I, I personally, and I know you have too. You've seen dramatic change in people when they engage in this. And, yeah. and so, yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for being on the podcast. Kelly, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Go, go mountain biking tonight. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> thanks. Well, listeners, we pray you've been impacted by today's topic and that you'll walk away with some practical steps for your relationship in terms of personality. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and email us at care, C-A-R-E, at adabible.org. We'd love to hear from you and know how and what we're sharing is transforming your life and relationship. And we just hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.